All right, guys, welcome back to the 443 podcast. Since we're on interlow, me and Reese decided to do our uh, top five. Uh, these are our top five. We do include some of the best players, but there are a couple of our favorites and some that just may not fit the mold there. Definitely uh, some troll picks. Um, <laughs> Matt, I walked outside today. Uh, our parking's pretty bad at the apartment complex. And you felt like violence. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was walking my car and I noticed, man, my windows are a bit foggy. It's finally getting cold outside, Matt. I was loving the walk to my car today. Oh. Um, well, we get up before the sun comes up, me and Paco, oh the third gosh. co-host here. and um, You were double decked out in sweaters, I bet, man. Oh, we always, he rocks his sweater, I rock a hoodie when we go out in the morning. <laughs> Uh, but we got a fun episode for you guys today. Uh, we're going to go position by position. Not exact position, but more so like your top five strikers, top five wingers generalized, uh, midfielders generalized, and defenders generalized. Um, but again, guys, this is for fun. Uh, we don't know how long this episode will be, but we wanted to uh, get something out for you guys because um, we got Premier League back next week. So, yeah. Matt, let's kick it off. All right, so we're going to start out with strikers, and we're going to work from the bottom to the top. Yes, sir. And my top five pick for striker is my troll pick. Because I love the man. He's the handsomest player to ever play the game, in my opinion. Mr. Olivier Giroud. Giroud. Currently plays for AC Milan, played for Arsenal and Chelsea. And I know he played for clubs before that, but I don't know who they are. Now, again, <laughs> guys, this is a, a personal opinion. Um, I'm not bad at it, man. I mean, the guy's basically a timeless player. Uh, he's Dude, still he's killing still it. producing. Yeah. He's still making it to Champions League quarterfinals. Yeah, it's... It's crazy, and I, I was listening to the Gavin Jules podcast. Semifinals. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to the Gavin Jules podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, and they're like, this dude just still is scoring goals. He's still one of the best poachers in the world at mm-hmm. this at his age. So Indeed. Not mad at I mean, pick. if I had, we made a top 20, he would still make my list. He would just be a little bit further down since we limited the scope. He's just my, like my feel-good guy that yeah. I like. That I have, you know, because, I mean, he even scored a Europa League winner against my team. <laughs> that was a fun day in Baku. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Uh, Who's your number five? (laughs) For me, I don't even think this is opinionated. I think this is pretty straightforward. Uh, Even though he's only been in the league for one season, he's already one of the greatest uh, Premier League strikers of all time. Erling Haaland, number five. I mean, when you break a Premier League record at 22 years old. He's got to be on any any top five list. Just depends on where you want to put him. Yeah. Yeah. just to, again, uh, you you can only project what this kid is actually gonna. I say kid, but he's actually uh, the same age as me, which is kind yeah. of depressing. But <laughs> I thought he was twenty four, like a year younger. <laughs> uh, but you you can't even uh, the 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 ceiling is so high for him, and and we could be looking at a possible one of the goats of, of the game by the end of his career. Uh, Matt, what is your number four, my friend? I went with a classic. I went with Alan Shearer, yeah. the top flight. Like, Goaling scoring champion. Most goals scored in the Premier League uh, history. Yeah, I mean, not season, but total. In, in, yeah, in the history. He, well, it's top flight. It's all the... I mean, before last season, that was Alan Shearer's record. Uh, I can't disagree with you, man. He, he is one of the greatest, uh, if not the greatest, Premier League striker. Uh, outstanding for Newcastle at his time. Mm-hmm. For me... A little bit of a personalized opinion. I uh, just, you know, and you got to put these on there, man. As, as There's a, no shame in it. As a Chelsea fan, it, nothing made me happier than to see Arsenal tears, and that was when <laughs> uh, very similar to Sol Campbell going to Spurs, or no, never mind. Sol Campbell leaving Spurs to go to Arsenal. I liked when Van Persie left Arsenal to join Man United. Um, he is, in my opinion, one of the greatest strikers in the Premier League. Uh, if you had a death beam pointed at Earth and you needed a header to be scored, I'm going Van Persie every time. Uh, because this dude at Arsenal and Manchester City, City or Manchester United, was just a certified goal scorer. 
yeah, he. You're bringing up scar tissue here. I became a fan the season he broke. He was the leading scorer, and then he left to join Man United to be grafted on to that team to yeah. stop Man City for one season. <laughs> and he was just again at the time he was probably the best poacher in the world uh, at the time. Can't, cannot argue with it. I. I didn't put him on my list because I got scar tissue, but I, <laughs> I appreciate he made one of our lists. What you got, man? For number three? Yes, sir. Harry Kane. I like it. I have to put Harry Kane on my list, dude. I mean, he infuriated me in the London Derbies, or North London Derbies, but he he's countless, a striker striker. Yeah, countless seasons of over 10-plus goals and assists. Um, even he was more of like a, tar- uh, a false nine striker for most of his time at Spurs because of the style they played. But, dude... You needed a, he he was basically a cam and a striker at the same time. Uh, I would put him on my list if I wasn't doing uh, uh, some that troll pick with Van Persie. Gotcha. But um, yeah, I can't disagree with you, and uh, I'm happy he's finally going to win his first trophy. I don't know what it will be at Spurs because right now they're not in first, but or not at, at Spurs at Bayern Munich. At Bayern Munich, yeah, because they're not in first right now, but. Hopefully he'll get like the the league cup. Leverkusen's or... leading him still, right? Yep, that's correct. Well, yeah, we send Jaka over there to stop Harry Kane. <laughs> it's like the Terminator movies. These rivals, man, they they can't leave each other's side. It's like uh, the Terminator went there and they sent a, a weird guy over to stop him who had to find pants in a convenience store. For me, guys, <laughs> uh, my number three was uh, Wayne Rooney. Um, Sort of a center forward cam, kind of could play anywhere across the front four of wingers and in attacking mid and in that center forward position. But um, I don't think any Man United would disagree that he's probably one of, or if not the greatest Manchester United player of all time. Um, and what he's done for the club is just outstanding. I'm glad you put him in your list because he was the one that I really struggled because I had to put certain people on my list. And I felt with limited to five, and I know I put Olivier Giroud on my list, but I, when he wasn't playing Arsenal, I loved watching Wayne Rooney play. Yeah. He was like my Chihuahua out there, just has no fear, and just would just take on any challenger. You'd see him getting in dudes' faces where their chest was in his face, and, and he had just killed the ball. It, 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 he was almost one of the first. Uh young Fergie players to be joining him at such a young age to be joining that squad at such a young age what was he like 18 19 years old um, I think it was 19 which is crazy um at the time especially when you're joining a team with Roy Keane Paul Scholes and and, and that uh, David Beckham yeah dude it's like yeah just what a player um Matt what was your number two man so for now my number two we already covered him I have Erling Holland. okay um okay. I'm pr- I struggle with this trying to put them in an order. Literally one through five. I mean, you really, like, again, guys, you you could debate that it's only been one season, but the guy's already, like, top ten in pr- uh, goal, Premier League goals in history. So it's like... Yeah, it's... I mean, even if he just had these two seasons and let's say he something happened to him. He goes to... Yeah, exactly. Goes to he would still or, be in the conversations of top tens until the end of time. Yeah. Just of what he accomplished in these two seasons. Yeah. You win a Premier League title in your first season. And a treble. Best. Yeah. It, Champions League treble. Not it, the domestic cup. Yeah. Domestic cups. It, and you're not even like... You're winning the Premier League and the FA Cup and the Champions League while breaking the goal-scoring record and having more goals than games in the Champions League. So it's like, you really can't not have him in your list. Uh, Who's your number two, sir? Number two, uh, it's got to go with home. Uh, I got to go with my guy, uh, former Phoenix Rising player, Didier Drogba. Champions (laughs) of the USL. Yes, sir. Uh, I had to give a shout-out to Phoenix Rising there. 
Matt, go, go really quick. Go ahead and go ahead and give some credits to Phoenix Rising real quick. Well, I mean, just they they won in a shootout in a one-one game away. They barely had like ten fans that made the trip from Phoenix over there mm-hmm. uh, that I could see in the stands. It was on ESPN two and ESPN plus. Um, and I really wish I had the opportunity to go watch it at a bar with fans or somebody instead of the way I had to watch it. And they say that that, that us Arizona fans don't deserve a, an MLS team. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Come on. Uh, but back to, to Drogba. And shout out Rafael. Uh, back to Drogba. Uh, you know, you could argue he is the greatest Premier League striker of all time, but I, I, I couldn't do it uh, out of respect for the next person I'll go into. Most will probably agree on the same well, one. But, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, just an Arsenal killer. Uh, uh, a superior winner and in mm-hmm. in the final of any sort of cup or league tournament he was just always scoring goals what I respect about the man was he seemed to get better with age yep. he was like an expensive bottle of wine kind of like Giroud just a timeless yeah. player mm-hmm. you, who you can count on in the final third to get you a goal um, and uh, except Unlike Drew, he had more options than his size <laughs> exactly uh, Matt I think we can agree yeah. on who our number one is. So let's just, we both know who our number one is. We already talked about this. We both picked Thierry Henry. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. The king, King Thierry, still out there on CBS. He is the, the greatest, in my opinion, Premier League player of all time. And mm-hmm. with that, whether if you think he's a winger or a striker, he is number one at that position. Um, the Ballon d'Or will say enough for it. Um, but he is, uh, again... Just his pace, his power, and prowess is just just uh, unbeatable for that. So uh, again, I wouldn't want to do it this way because he's an Arsenal play. He was an Arsenal player, but it's it's hard to leave him outside of that number one spot. Yeah, I mean, like I have that bias of being an Arsenal fan, but yeah. to me, he I never got to see him play. Well, actually, that's a lie. I got to see him play in the FA Cup when he mm-hmm. came back from the New York Red Bulls after going to Barcelona. Yeah. Um, I got to see him play in one game. Um, but to be honest, man, like I go back and watch clips, and he looks like a modern player playing a game that was more slow and rigid, uh, and is still impressive to this day. Would have been and, nice. To- and he's respected by every player in the world. Yeah, exactly. I can't think of any player that I know I can think of that doesn't have at least respect him for what he's. He's on Maradona level. Most players that I uh, that I watch interviews for their favorite player, your players' favorite, your favorite players' favorite player is usually Henri, um, mm-hmm. and that just goes to show how good of a player he was. I I, I saw an interview uh, with CBS with him and uh, Mbappe about who would have been faster. Man, I would have loved to see that because. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, dude, both of them are just crazy fast. Let's go ahead and jump into the winger section here. Doing, okay, we're going to do wingers? Okay. Oh, it's up to you. No, no, we'll do wingers. Not I said managers, but let's do it. Gotcha. Uh, you want me to go first or you first on this one? I'll you kick it off. Yeah, kick I, it off, you sir. you kicked it off. Uh, number five. <laughs> you could argue he is the greatest Premier League winger of all time already. Only doesn't even have 30 appearances for Chelsea, but he is Mikhailo Mudrik. And he is the Ukrainian king that will take over the Premier League in due time. Give him his respect. He is a goat. Matt, give me your thoughts. On to the next one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I wanted him to join Arsenal, so I can't get too <laughs> flustered at this. But um, I... Guys, that that was not realistic at all. If, if I'm being honest, full disclaimer, uh, although we have some <laughs> troll picks... Uh, I came into this podcast before But the we troll start. picks for us, we can always say why we really enjoyed them. Exactly. I think you're just being pure troll on this one. 
Hey, Mudrick's still one of my favorite Because Olivia Giroud is a troll pick. But Olivia Giroud is still playing the game. He's still making an impact. He's won trophies. You know. Mudrick will win trophies. Well, I mean, fair. Mudrick also (laughs) got Zinchenko basically made him a non-factor in a game. So, I mean... All right, let's get back to uh, hopefully okay. you got a more serious pick. Well, maybe not, but uh, my number five pick is Gabriel Martinelli from Arsenal. All right, yeah, guys, this 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 list is chalked for this so far. <laughs> Give us your reason on why so, Martinelli. The reason I picked him is because Arsenal got this kid from the fourth division of Brazilian football. Bring him over for a season during the horrible changes that were happening to the club in the background and turmoil, and. Arteta has turned this guy into a player that the top three current managers, well, top two, because Klopp and Pep would both like give their right arm for. Mm-hmm. I don't say he's the best player in the world or anything, but I think he's a great winger. And all of my picks on this list are from the currently playing in the game right now. But uh, I just picked him because I, I love that he came from nothing and became something really incredible. Yeah, if he gets uh, if he ends up winning some trophies, uh, you could definitely actually put him in the legitimate uh, top five conversation, uh, along with who I project you will also have on that list by mentioning yeah. that you have a bunch of current players today. Yeah. <laughs> for me, number four, again, this list is kind of chalked for me uh, for the wingers specifically, but I do want to give him his flowers because I feel like he was overshadowed by one of his teammates, who I'll get into a little bit later. Uh, Sadio Mane, he's one of the best players in the world. Sorry, shout out to that kid. Um, yeah, I, I think... Was that your caliber? <laughs> I try, man. Um, Remember, with the scout saxing, you speak through your nose. That's right, that's right. Um, I think if you go back to that season they won the Premier League, uh, a lot of people thought he should have won the Ballon d'Or uh, as well um, when they won the Champions League, actually the season before, uh, against Spurs. Um just an outstanding player, fun to watch, uh, overshadowed mm-hmm. by Salah because Salah, of course, was also insane, and, and I'll jump into him in a little bit because he's on this list, but uh, I want to give Mane his flowers, Matt. Definitely. No, I agree with you on that, man. It's, uh, um, Mane was the guy that I struggled to want to put him in the list, and I know my list, people are going to just crap all over it, but um, this is more than my favorite players list yeah. um, right now currently in the game. And Mane just missed the cut like Wayne Rooney did for me on the last one. I'm glad that you put him on your list because it was just a blind spot for him because I love Arsenal. He's very just underrated at his time. Oh, there. phenomenal player. Yeah. Um, but my number four, I picked the uh, son from Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I know you can put him in a striker, you can put him as winger, but I chose to put him on this list because honestly, uh, the guy is just, he's a phenom. And, Always uh, performing, outperforming his XG, it seems. Now, if you were to do top five Premier League players in their position this season, then you could throw Son to that striker conversation. Mm-hmm. But I completely agree with you. Over the span of his career, he has been majority a winger uh, as long as Harry Kane's been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, he is actually my number three pick. Uh, is so the, we'll just talk about him now. Yeah. Okay. So, Sonaldo, um, I, I completely agree with you, man. Uh, that goal against Arsenal, what was it, last season or the season prior, where he was like, I don't know, 40 yards out, left oh. side of the field, upper 90 against Rams. I mean, it was just picture perfect. Uh, well, and that poach he did after Jorginho this season was just like, a lot of players can't complete that where the opponent makes an error and you mm-hmm. capitalize on it. That's, in my opinion, if it's not his greatest strength, his second greatest strength. Yeah. 
Terminators is kind of on this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this may be why it's second. Yeah, so Ronaldo, a lot of people uh, uh, don't like him because they think he is uh, under the radar, a, dir- a dirty player, but like, you really can't deny the fact he that is. he is. I think he is, but still, I, I respect what he's been able to do. On the ball, he's just one of yeah. the best. Yeah. yeah, I can't deny greatness when I see it. Yep. Even if they don't make my list, if you tell me a player you think is great, I'll probably back you up 95% of the time. Yep. There's a couple that I will never back, and it's just because I have personal... Maybe maybe after I got a stoppage time question later, okay. but maybe we should get into this Anthony debate because I'm very interested to hear your point. But I we'll, just, we'll, okay, hold up. <laughs> I actually do want to talk about that just a, we'll, a little bit later. We'll throw. Maybe we should do our least favorite players next in our all. I'm with that. Uh, Matt. Let's do our top 20 worst play least favorite players. Let's do that for next one because I think there'll be some interesting ones. Oh, on for there. sure, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Okay, Matt, who is your number two, my friend? Well, my number three because oh yeah, just, my yeah. bad, my bad, yeah. So we'll jump into my number three so we can catch up and then move on to two and one for each of us. Mm-hmm. My number two, or sorry, number three, I have is Jack Grealish, <laughs> and this is just because I more love his antics off the the pitch, and I loved him when he played for Villa. Mm-hmm. To me, no player made that Villa kit look tougher and made a man look more like a heartthrob than <laughs> Jack Grealish. He's probably the greatest uh, partier in English history. I think that's fair to say. I mean, I understand I wasn't around when Beckham was a thing, um, but like to me, this guy's got Beckham vibes. Like all the ladies love him. Top five partier, top five calves. His calves oh, are yeah. freaking massive. And I never saw a player take a bigger hit moving from one jersey color to the to the next <laughs> when he left the carrot and blue of Aston Villa and moved to that sky blue. Yep, it yep. took like an entire season, like it drained his powers, and he just jumped back <laughs> the next season. Like he had to adapt to it. Like he was the Green Lantern trying to beat yellow or something i don't know like that first season under pep i didn't know what he was gonna be but he's still when he can be jack realish yeah jack realish is amazing either his yeah. personality or when he can do stuff with the ball when he has that hero ball mentality had a villa he has such uh um an insane touch on the ball where it kind of looks like when he's sprinting at you the ball's never leaving his foot in a sense uh that's how close he keeps it to his feet which is insane and another great thing about Grealish he kind of inspired Jamie Tarth in season three of Ted Lasso yep. with the looks yep. I yep. love that headband with it. it's all poop he was he was, ele- he was at City you know in that mm-hmm. show as well just mm-hmm. Jamie Tarth to do to loot come on yep. man uh, yep. <laughs> for, nine, for my number two um and this comes down to the age-old debate uh, Matt, I'm going to go into both of mine. Cause, cause, You're going to do one and two? Yeah, because there's well, this perimeter. I'll give you that because my one and two are linked. So you go first, then cool. I'll go second. Because this is the per- they're both in the same position. Exactly. And this is the perennial debate of um, who the greatest premier, uh, winger is. Uh, most Liverpool fans will tell you the greatest Premier League winger of all time is Mo Salah. Uh, if you ask most Chelsea fans uh, in the history of the game, they will say it's Eden Hazard. So number two, uh, I went with Mo Salah. Uh, simply because um, he's not as good as Eden Hazard, and the fact that uh, Salah is probably uh, Salah was a better goal scorer than Eden Hazard were, was. Um, he still is a better goal scorer. Uh, he is a um, machine with that left foot. Uh, I can resuscitate numerous times that he scored on his left foot from outside of the that wasn't the right word was it you gave me a look of like the no <laughs> okay i was looking at the dog okay i was just making sure i was like what <laughs> sorry our third co-host is just decided he's going to meander around the uh, recording area 
just doing whatever he wants to do or just being weird. But um, yeah, uh, Sala. I mean, I was a little, I kind of felt like when he left Chelsea originally to Roma that we made a mistake at the time, kind of like what we did with De Bruyne. Um, but he is the embodiment of a winger who is a clinical goal scorer. He's almost like, and this isn't to say that this isn't comparing or anything like that, but. If you were to ask me who would you th- say is the closest player to Ronaldo is today as a winger, it probably is Mo Salah because uh, although Mo Salah isn't the best at sort of uh, making moves to get past a defender, he is probably the most clinical winger in world football. Maybe. I'll give you that. So my number, we kind of flip-flopped him. And so my number one is Mo Salah. My number two is Bakayo Saka. Okay. Because we'll get into my favorite player of all time, but my favorite player right now is Bakayo Saka. Yeah. Um, but they both occupy the same position, and Liverpool fans will always go, Mo Salah is better than Bakayo Saka historically, and I can't just, dis- I can't discredit that point. I mean, Mo Salah has has a longer career than Bakayo Saka, and he's accomplished more than Bakayo Saka, yeah. and that's why I picked the order I did because I'm still trying to keep some legitimacy, even though I'm pretty sure if you ask a hundred people, Bakayo Saka will not be anyone else's number two, or Jack Grealish, or yeah. Mudrik. Yeah. Guys. yeah. <laughs> This is our this is the fun section of it because it was such For a sure. weird one to pick. For sure. Um but that's just why like you already went over Mo Salah, great player, but Kaya Saka, Arsenal star boy. I love him because like son, he comes into that stick of he's a dirty player. I know player fans from other teams have said that he's a dirty player. Yeah. Even though it seems to me like he's just getting kicked off the pitch, but when he can do his magic, he does magic. Yeah. And I feel like if you were to project Saka's career if he were to stay at Arsenal, which hopefully he doesn't, hopefully he goes to, you know, he fucks off to Spain or something, but uh, if if you were to ask uh, uh or project Saka's career, it's it's got to be up there with actually being a top 5 Premier yeah. League winger of all time. Uh for Eden Hazard really quick, um you know, just the goat, man. Uh, <laughs> one of my center back trolls that I'll have uh, for Matt next, which he doesn't know yet. Uh, I will be uh, giving a quick shout out to when uh, Eden Hazard just completely chefed off uh, this defender uh, and his solo goal to score. Um, again, guys, you look up just Eden Hazard highlights or Eden Hazard versus Arsenal. You only see just straight uh, uh, magic uh, when you watch him play. Uh, Are we going to defenders now? Yeah, let's jump into the defenders. All right. So do you want me to go first on this one? <laughs> let me let me piggyback off. <laughs> Number five, I'm going Koscielny. Come on. Very Okay. Because <laughs> I... I picked somebody late to him, and uh, for my, I'm coming. Two reasons why I picked him. One, because of the Eden Hazard goal that he scored, and he just completely stiff arming Koscielny to the side, like he was like a little human being. When Koscielny's like what six one? He's like six two or three. Yeah, dude, like he's a solidified solid center back, and also he's probably got one of the wildest haircuts I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, that little half fauxhawk mohawk thing that he would do. Yeah, just. I got to throw Koscielny in there as my I got a soft spot in my heart for him. Um, my number five, my troll pick, is Benjamin White, Benny Blanco. <laughs> uh, guys, I completely disagree with this pick. I'm well, not... We just lumped all defenders, all four positions, or five, depending yeah. on how teams are playing, into one block. And I wanted to pick somebody from this current Arsenal team that has a great defense. Um I just think of all the players in the defense, he's been there pretty much the longest besides Gabriel, yeah. um, Magalesh, 
And he generally, unless he's having one of his I don't give a blank games, he has a phenomenal game almost every time and shuts people down. Yeah. See, for me... But I will admit, if this was a top 100, he would be closer to the 20 spot. But I wanted to talk about him. (laughs) And I love his white hair right now. If you were to choose a player from Arsenal's current defense, it probably would have been Saliba or Gabriel for me personally. Uh, because I'm personally a Ben Shite uh, hater. So um, this is why I disagree with it, but I, since I had to throw some smoke at, at Koscielny, yeah, gotcha. I get you, you get to return the fair with Ben White. Uh, <laughs> for me, uh, I got to go with my Chelsea uh, number four, Ashley Cole. Uh, former Arsenal player, uh, did the did the right made the right choice and decided to, to head down to the Blues. Um, he is the greatest left back of all time. Better than Roberto Carlos, uh, he. If you were to uh, take out his, uh, if you were to check his pockets after each game, you'd see Ronaldo. You'd see uh, uh, Burkamp. I don't know, dude. I, I don't know. But you would he, basically. This guy was locked down. Uh, oh yeah, it just huh. just unbeatable. Um, no, my number four. I'm apparently. I just when I made this list. I'm just trolling people. I picked for <laughs> Mersacker because he was my favorite Arsenal defender during that period when I started becoming an Arsenal fan. Because he came in on the trolley dash when I became a fan. Yeah. I literally became a fan. He showed up like the next weekend. See, <laughs> I remember in FIFA. I used to be a. I still play FIFA a little bit, but when I was heavy into FIFA back in high school, like FIFA. 15 or 16 this dude had back in the dark ages yeah (laughs) everyone like you'd see like that average defender have about like 70 speed or 70 pace as they call it murdersacker had like he had like 39 (laughs) (laughs) and that so i'm cool with that being on the list um he was actually a great defender it's just kind of overshadowed by during that window of of time that arsenal were not the best team so no and when him and kasholi were able to link up for that brief period where they were both at their a game yeah they just knocked people down for a long for a couple months. Yeah, for my number three, I started to go back into the seriousness of the of the defending group here. Uh, I went with Rio Ferdinand uh, only because uh, the dreadlocks. Uh, it, I'm just kidding. Uh, but if you were to talk about some of the greatest pairings uh, of United's history, uh, Ferdinand and Vidic were the most most lethal pairing of defenders in my opinion in the history of the game. Uh, just unpassable, unplayable. Um, just an outstanding. Player. I totally agree with you. If this has been top ten, he would have been in that. He was in my top. My, I basically had made this list. I throw ten guys on a piece of paper, yeah. legitimate guys, maybe some of my favorites, and then I just like kind of basically did a bracket. Mm-hmm. Rio was the last guy to get dropped off this list. Yes. Unfortunately, I just like per more. So he was an honorable mention. For yeah, you. if he, we had an honorable mention, he'd be my honorable mention. Gotcha. Uh, but um, phenomenal player, man. Uh, I, there's just nothing you can say about him. Just like my number two pick coming up. Oh, gosh. Matt, who is your number uh, three? Number three? Yes, Virgil sir. van Dijk. Yeah. Currently th- the best defender in the Premier League, in my opinion. Shout out Tiago Silva. Uh, if you were to um, if you were to take that one season alone that they won the Premier League, you can arguably say that is the greatest center back performance or season of all time. Uh, he would just, like, nobody wanted to dribble past him at points. He was unplayable in that Premier League season, uh, especially with the way Liverpool play. You wouldn't think a center-back build like Van Dijk would fit in that system with the offside trap they do. Um, but, dude, his pace is underrated. Um, I'd say his one-on-one defending especially is underrated. It hasn't been good, I'd say, over the last season, but Liverpool haven't really been good uh, except for this season. They, they've been outstanding, but... They've just been plagued by injuries and trying to do a rebuild on no budget. Yeah, and and uh, Van Dyke gets a lot of hate, uh, which I don't think is... is uh, I don't think it's deserved at all. Yeah, and they say he's more of like a... 
what's the word? Basically a center back who acts like they're good or a person that a player that acts like they're that good when they're really not. For uh, Van Dyke, if you watch this guy play, if you watch Van Dyke for the whole 90 he minutes. He is him. <laughs> exactly. You'd understand that he's Well, uh, and like the like I understand my Liverpool fans throw shade at my, uh, Saliba. Yeah. I totally get it because he's like the version 2.0. Well, I'm not maybe not version 2.0 is a but he's like in that mold. He, he has the build. He yeah. has a little bit of a pro- projection of. of, of and we Arsenal goal. fans are projecting onto him because we saw how good Van Dyke was, and we think we got a player profile. A play, yeah, player profile. Like Kevin Durant was profiled in the NBA to be like the thing, and then you like find I, a guy like Wemby who just kind of blows him out of the water. Yeah, crazy. Um, for me, uh, my number two pick. I put some bias into it. Honestly, he should be number one in my opinion. I went with Vidic. Um, at the time, he was the best center back in the world. Uh, you could argue he is the greatest center back of all time. Uh, what was he from? Serbia? Something? I think Serbia. Or we'd have to look it up. I don't want to mix up my yeah. Balkan countries. I don't want to get anyone to get mad. <laughs> but but uh, just a pl- uh, an outstanding player again, uh, in my opinion, paired up with Ferdinand. You couldn't find a better defensive group uh, along with. Uh, um, Gary Neville and the and uh, who's the left back? Nah, never mind. I was gonna say Patrice Ever. That's just freaking wrong. But uh, yeah, dude, just one of the goats um, and probably one of the Premier League's most uh, influential players, in my opinion, for the defensive position. We undermine him too, yes, sir. I this is my shout out to you. I picked my captain, John. Your captain, John Terry. Yep, and this is also my number one. Uh, okay, let's just get the John Terry love out of the way. Yeah, there's players I hated watching play my team, but you can't deny what they were. Yeah. Like we've been on this list with like guys like Erling Holland, Harry Kane, Son, um, Van Dyke. He's in that list for me. He is undeniable of what he is. I did a Chelsea goat list. Uh, let's see, back in 2022, where I pretty much narrowed down from the Chelsea players historically who I thought ended up being the GOAT. Um, and for me, just edging out Lampard, obviously, it was John Terry. Uh, most games for Chelsea, most captains for Chelsea. Like, the guy is just a – he is Chelsea at the end of the day. His thing is they they do for him. Like, the he's there here, he's there, he's everywhere, he's Roy Kent. Yeah. It's, what's his thing? Is a captain, leader, legend or something? Yep, John Terry, yeah. man. Captain, and, leader, uh, legend. There it is. Honestly, if I could if – could, uh, uh, Go back in time to watch him and uh, Carvalho, uh, the Portuguese center back. It, it, I wish I could, man, because uh, that was an outstanding duo as well. There's players that give your team, like a goalkeeper who gives your team an automatic like saved goal mm-hmm. difference, and strikers, are, you know they're going to score like Holland. Mm-hmm. That basically gives you a plus one. This guy, John Terry, in my opinion, gives you guys like 0.25 yeah. lead in the game in every game you played. Because he just commanded that box. And if you put him in a Mourinho system... Maybe 0.5. Yeah. yeah. And if it was him in a Mourinho system, you got, like, Chelsea, you're pretty much unplayable to be scored. He's not one of those players you can say counts you for a whole goal, but he definitely counts you for something. You have to do some statistical that he gives you with him being on the pitch. Side note, can I just go back to the midfield real quick? I did a complete disrespect to N'Golo Conte, and I apologize. N'Golo Conte, you're number one. We never one covered my- midfielders. We skipped it. We skipped from wingers to defenders. All right, guys... Disregard me. Yeah, we'll go back. We're going to do midfielders next before we go to keepers. Let me just let me just play a dis- disclaimer here, guys. Uh, we usually do our podcast around 11, 11.30 a.m., you know, right after the Premier League games. I've had some apple juice, my breakfast. 
I got up and went straight here. Okay, so I'm losing Dang. it a little bit. Oh, straight because you, you we work nights. Yes, sir. So uh, okay. do apologize, guys. Uh, but yeah. John Terry can't dis- uh, can't disagree there. So he's your number one. Who's your number two? So we can just well, it was Vintage. It was Vintage. Vintage. Okay, so then we've already covered your number one. My number one is Tony Adams. Okay, the Arsenal version of John Terry. <laughs> I can't disagree with that. Um, if you were an Arsenal fan growing up at, around that time, you you would completely agree that he is probably the Arsenal's greatest when, defender of all time. Yeah. yeah. When I went to the game against Manchester United, my first ever Arsenal game, he was in the stands. Like he was like behind the bench, and they shot, and the the view screen was in my purview, and they just showed him. You could just look over, and you could see Tony Adams just sitting there clapping behind uh, the players' bench, uh, and it was just kind of a joy to know I was even in the same building as that guy. It's like one of those things, like yeah, like Wenger and my. I was gonna number... say if you saw like Michael Jordan there, like yeah. just being in the presence of Michael yeah. Jordan. It's just like you. I can say I was in the same building with some of these great people. Yeah, insane. Matt, what is the next position we're covering? Let's jump into midfielder before we go to cover keeper and managers. Thanks for saving me. Kick us no, off good, with your number five. My number five, it's not a troll pick because I think he's a great midfielder. Um, this is not me trolling, but I have my number five is Santi Cazola. He's my favorite football player. Um, he was the guy who, and I know that, you know, because there are people on this list I will truly admit are better than him, but... Like and David Silva is going to not be in this list because he Santi knocked him out. And David Silva is a better player, but he in, introduced me to that style of creative football when I became a fan. He was the player that would make the magic happen on my on the team, um, and I just still have fond memories of him. I still got my Santi Cazola jersey I, I bought at the Arsenal store. Um, I still hope he comes back to Arsenal as a coach at some point, even if it's his assistant or something to train under his friend. Um, but I just got really fond memories of the guy. And I, I just love him as a player. I don't think this is a hot take, but it may be a hot take to, to certain fans of the of the, uh, of the the media. Um, if you were to swap David Silva and Santi Cazorla on teams, you'd pretty much be looking at the same city team, uh, in my opinion, if not a little bit a little bit more goal contributions because he was that good. I think the, the physical body of David Silva, his physical physique, the physique and um, durability are gotcha. better than Santi Cazola. I, I do concede that, but I do agree with you that if you could bottle what they were and swap them out, there would be no changes that David Silva has more longevity, mm-hmm. durability, actually maybe just those things. I think physically they're probably both in the same boat. Yeah, And I guess it's fair to give David Silva an honorable mention as well because they literally built him a statue at the city ground. So. And he still plays for them. <laughs> yeah. uh, shout out, shout out uh, David Silva. For me, my number five, you know, I almost did a disservice to this man by not including N'Golo Conte. If you were to ask me who my favorite player of all time is, it's this man right here, along with Willian and Ramirez. I cannot leave out N'Golo Conte. Before in my list, I had De Bruyne, but I know Matt is probably going to have De Bruyne somewhere in that list, hopefully, or else you're doing a disservice to him. Oh, yeah. Well, the problem is with this position is it's more. there's just too many players to fit in, even if we have... 10 picks between us, okay. there are people that are going to make the thing because unfortunately when it came down to a tie- tiebreaker between David Silva and Santi, mm-hmm. I went with Santi because he's my favorite player. And if you were, if I, like like we said, we'll, we'll hopefully down the road, maybe in the summer when the season's over, if there's another international break, we'll make a more position... Uh, centric. Yeah, one. specific position uh, centric player. Uh, N'Golo for me, man, uh, whether if he was box to box or holding mid, he he was the engine for this Chelsea team and the Leicester team that they won the title. 
Uh, very underrated to be not considered one of the Premier League goats of all time because he won a title with this Leicester team that had the lowest odds to win the league in the history of the game, along with Riyad Mahrez and Vardy. Uh, they were pretty much unplayable, and that's not even talking about him being the player of the season. Uh, uh, the Premier League player of the season for 2015-2016 under Conte this year after he came. And he also won a player of the year, which is basically another version of the Ballon d'Or. Uh, hopefully a little bit more accurate, because he deserved it that year. Um, but man, I couldn't leave him out of the list. Uh, I almost forgot him, and I do apologize. But <laughs> in Golo Conte, you are, you are up there, my friend. Matt? Number four? Yes, sir. I'm with Roy Keane. One of the biggest dickheads he, yeah. of all time. But he inspired one of my favorite fictional characters. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, he is a dickhead, but he is good at his job. Yeah. And you can't, like, a lot of these players that are in Arsenal, like, there's a begrudging respect in my voice. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean any disrespect if you're a fan of those teams, but he was great at his job. Yeah. His, the reason he was a dickhead was because he was so good and he knew what he was mm-hmm. doing in that midfield. Ferguson gave him clear ideas of how to run that midfield and be an engine for him. Yeah. Um, another thing on that, I, uh, again, going back to how great this United team was, Roy Keane was the captain of that the Uni- of those United teams. So that just goes to show how uh, uh, great of a player he was. And I had to, I I'm, I'm, didn't mean to be United Bias on my list, but I do see looking back on him that I was a little United Bias. But no, it's it's he's on there, and he, there's there's history to back it up. You can't have yeah. United mm-hmm. players in these lists, honestly. Well, and the thing is, too, I picked ten and I wielded it down. United players made all my exactly all my top tens. There were United players in there. Unfortunately, sometimes it just didn't survive my weird eeny meeny miny mo. Or I like him better because he's shiny. <laughs> Or like the girlfriends when they pick a team because they think the quarterback's cute. Like, I got you. Or the colors are nice. Yeah, the colors are nice. Unfortunately, that's just it, it's just they wrong out that way. But every one of these top t- uh, top fives had a United player that was in the running in the brackets to begin with. Yeah. For me, uh, my number four, it was like half. I was choosing between going troll or going serious. It was between two city players. It was between Rodri and it was between the Ivory Coaston. Yaya Torre. Um, Ooh, I hope you picked Yaya. I did go with Yaya. Yaya! Uh, because, honestly, he was the best midfielder in the league at the time that he was playing, in my opinion. Um, you could argue Cesc Fabregas or Santi at the time as well. But, um, yeah, man, I, I couldn't leave him out of my list because he is just one of those players who, uh, if you were to, um, watching football around that time... You knew who Yaya Torre was. He looked like a transformer running through a battlefield of people sometimes when he would boss through that midfield. Exactly. It looked like Optimus Prime taking on, like, Marines. (laughs) Because he was just so much bigger and bulkier, and he looked like he was falling when he was running to me. Yep. And he just would bundle through you and just, like, dare you to foul him. Such a physical player and very underrated on the ball as well. Uh, His ball control was crazy for the size that he had as a midfielder. Because he's one of those players. I remember the first time I saw him play Mm -hmm. was in the Manchester Derby, the 6-1, that season where City won won their first title, 2010-2011. I believe it was that game. Mm -hmm. And he just chewed up that United team's midfield and defense and just I don't know if he I'd have to look back at the box score but you could just see he was different than anyone on that pitch that was peak Yaya Torre that yeah. whole season mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion but you could just see the difference in in caliber of physicality 
he was like when you watch like Kareem do the sky hook in the NBA or, um, you know, like some of the stuff Travis Kelsey does where they just, you saw something different in the guy that people didn't have. I'm trying to think, like, have we ever seen before that? I meant point, Gronk, sorry, Gronk, not Travis Kelsey. I gotcha. Have we ever seen a player before uh, Yaya who is that big in the midfield that had such a physical prowess? Because he may have revolutionized that I'm sort of. I'm trying to think, and I can't. I think he was the first person I knew of. At least off I only, the top of our heads, yeah. guys. Because this, the, again, like. I'm not a big fan. I'm not. Well, sorry. I don't follow Italian football, mm-hmm. and I follow La Liga and the German leagues a bit, but I'm more familiar with the English league and international side. And I, at that time, I can't think of anyone. Now there are people who do that, I was gonna say, but yeah. I can't think of anyone before him um, that was that. Yeah. And you have young players nowadays like Hugo Chukwu on Chelsea, who's six five, who is a very raw player. But like, if if you can project his pl- uh, uh, build, hopefully it's a similar profile to Yaya. Because like I said, I, again, we're we're going off the top of our head, our heads here, guys. If we're missing uh, a, a, a revolutionized yeah. player, like, that was shoot us an email and we'll give him credit. Yeah, because emails are on the is on the page. Matt, who is your number three? I went with Patrick Vieira. Nice. I mean, uh, I think it's just he's he's the same kind as in Roy Kent. Um, and my number two pick, there's just for me these three guys are just in this list. There you can swap them around. Uh, my number one is more of just not as big as Yaya, but pretty yeah. much the same type of profile yeah. that I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Vieira was like six one, six two. He was a big guy and uh, physically imposing. Again, going back to my FIFA uh, uh, relations, uh, Ooh, one what's of the his be- pace? <laughs> you know he actually had great pace. He was just one of the best players in the game uh, at the time. So I mean, I can't disagree with you. Um, yeah. For me, you can take my two, three, and four and move them in any order you want. It, it's just that's the order I picked them. He he is arguably one of the greatest Premier League mi- or not Premier League midfielders of all time, um, and and for that reason. Definitely makes sense that you put him in the yeah. list. And I mean, there's certain players that you just look at this and you're just like, yeah, they have to be there. Like yeah. Terry Henry, like they have to be there. Yeah. For me, uh, you could do one one versus uh, one through three, kind of like how you said you're two, three, and four. One through three, this is the age old debate. Um, I will hold off on my other picks for now, but for my number three, I'm going Paul Scholes. Um, I just, his first name was Paul, right? Pretty sure there's school there's two of them right yeah skulls you know yeah, schoolsy well, <laughs> i know you mean um in my opinion one of the best uh, uh long ball if you needed someone to play a ball across the field skulls was like a dead on like he was like tom brady of the premier league at the time uh just insane um paired right up next to roy Keane, and, and that midfield was pretty much unplayable definitely um my number two, I went with a Chelsea player, um, Frank Lampard. Hmm. As a guy who's not in the best shape, I love seeing somebody I could identify with body-wise out there just yeah. chewing up people. Yeah. Lampard, uh, most goals from a midfield position. Uh, arguably Chelsea's greatest player of all time. Uh, again, I'll go into my number two pick here with Gerard, and my number one pick is Lampard. So... Uh, one through three, you could pretty much just rotate them because this is the age-old debate that you see from English fan is Skulls, Gerard, and Lamps. Who's the mm-hmm. goat of them? Um, you know, for me, I put Lampard number one, but uh, I think both of us left Gerard off the list. Well, I have Gerard number oh, two. Gotcha. So they at least they all made our list. Yeah. So I mean, I really don't have much to say about each of these players because their resumes kind of speak for yeah, themselves. Yeah, and that's the thing to me, like Keane and Vieira, they and Lampard. You to me they they're going to be in any top ten. Just depends yeah. on personally where you rank them. Exactly. There's no like 
Gerard was one of the guys I felt bad, you know, that he went you know early off the list because I wasn't his biggest fan, but he's undeniable yeah. what he can do. Because the only real true memory I have of Gerard was that slip and his uh, coaching career. Uh, I do think Gerard deserves to be in that top three uh, because of the career that he had at Liverpool, and Liverpool was not that good uh, during that stretch. He almost got them a Premier League title a few times, won them some Champions Leagues, but he could not get them over the hump of winning them that Premier League title. And that wasn't all his fault. And back to Lampard, I wanted to do one more thing. I actually had to see him. We sat behind the bench, me and my friend JC, at a, a New York City FC game when he was the coach. And there's certain guys that you can see them, even in retirement, you can see they were physically imposing. <laughs> and even though he didn't look the biggest on the pitch, he has something to him when you see him in person. Even retirement, wearing a suit mm-hmm. in New York City, um, you know, at the Yankees Stadium of all places, watching a football match, you can see something in the man that you. you I mean, you probably seen this in your daily life where you're just like, I really don't want to pick a fight with that guy. You know what I mean? He looked like a proper Brit. You know? Yeah, he looked like a proper guy you didn't want to mess with. So one and two and three for me: Lampard, Gerard, Paul Scholes. I think that's that's the order. Matt, I want you to go with your number one pick. I know who it is, and I do not disagree with it. This man needs his flowers. Yeah. And I spoke about this when we were talking about the Balloon d'Or. Uh, Balloon d'Or. This conversation a few a week ago or two weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, my number one is Kevin De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. I feel bad because Kevin's in his late 20s. He's injury prone, but he is one of the best midfielders I've ever seen. And I really feel bad that he may never win a Balloon d'Or. He may never get the the recognition of winning a trophy on the international stage, but he had a club career that you cannot deny. Um he may never win a Ballon d'Or because the Ballon d'Or is biased, but I won't yeah. go back into my rant. Um, <laughs> but there was a play last season uh, when he did a through ball pass and he nutmegged a player while playing a through ball to Erling Holland, perfectly played. Uh, I've pretty much certified that, like, yeah, he's probably the greatest midfielder that the Premier League's ever seen. Only reason I didn't include him on my list is because I had a little bit of a nostalgia. Yeah. The thing with the English media nowadays is they hate giving flowers to players that currently play yeah. uh, until they actually leave the game. If you recognize game... He, if 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 Ronaldo and Messi were not playing, De Bruyne could arguably have four or five Ballon d'Ors. I mean, if you take him even in like the top ten creative midfielders that ever played in the English game, like he to me is number one. Like he makes Ozil look like a uh, like not this good. He would make an Odegaard look. You know, I'm yeah, you know what I'm saying. He just he just is awesome. Yeah, and I I completely agree with you, man. Um, just as he he. He really is the embodiment of what the transition for City has been, like kind of like David Silva has. Um, what a perfect player to freaking replace uh, mm-hmm. David Silva with. And then you have David Silva on the back burner to come in if he's out. <laughs> like that midfield was crazy at the time. Um, but I, I, I'm with you, man. Uh, De Bruyne deserves flowers. He deserves some sort of recognition because by the time he'll leave, I think people will really realize that he probably is the greatest permanently midfielder of all time. Yeah, I mean, if you make a list at the end of the season, to me, if he's not in your top three, you're lying to yourself. Yeah. I mean, you can make the case that he's third, second, or first, but to me, he has to be in anyone's top. And I know you left him out, but this isn't a formal list, but if anyone's ranking a formal list, you have to explain why he's not in your top five. Yeah, because the stats will tell you itself that he is up there with the greatest of all time. True, yeah. Um, Next, we're moving on to keepers. 
Um, did I? Your turn to go first, right? Gotcha. Number five, I went with sort of a troll pick, but I wanted to give him his flowers. We both did. Yeah, because I wanted to give this player the flowers uh, this season in particular. Uh, he was at Empoli last season. Vicario for Spurs. Um, although he's not a top five goalkeeper of all time, I feel like he is uh, probably the closest thing we've seen to Neuer uh, since Neuer. The way he plays is so aggressive. He is a sweeper keeper. He is great with the ball distribution and with the ball at his feet. Uh, again, not a legitimate number five all-time goalkeeper, but yeah. I need to give him his flowers because he is a huge part of this Boston-Cogley rebuild, and I'm very happy with uh, the pickup they got. My number five could be considered a troll pick, and it's just I want to give him his flowers as he's going through a battling for his job. Excuse me, and his dad is making noise. You know, um, uh, I picked Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah, uh, like getting to see Santi, getting to see Wenger, getting to see you know Tony Adams in the, the stadium. Getting to see this guy in between the, the sticks. Do you hear that, David Raya? He's coming back for you, David Raya. Just letting you know. <laughs> but like, I love the way he is an old school keeper. He chirps up the opposing fans when he's at away games. And like, don't get me wrong. Just like you're saying, your guy's not Aaron Ramsdale's not a top five keeper. Yeah. I mean, if we rank their skills from a scale from zero to one hundred, he's probably all of this stuff is probably putting him in the sixty to seventy range. But it's to me the intangibles that move him up. He's a proper good. Yeah. Proper Brit, proper yeah. good. Just like his stuff that makes him good for me makes me not like Amy Martinez. The, yeah. they're, like they're on, they're on a, an opposite scale. My number four pick, I kind of went serious and it's kind of be debate. It will be debatable with number three. Um, and I'm actually interested to see the masses, what they would think about this as well. Uh, I went number four with De Gea. Um, Solid pick. Very underrated, not underrated. He was no, very, he's not he's underrated. Very appreciated during his time at United, but very, uh, um, I guess the word is underwhelming because the teams that he played on. But this United team would be so much worse if it was not for David De Gea for the last 10 years. Um, he was that good. He won their player of the season multiple times. If United is giving their player of the season to their goalkeeper for three or four seasons, I think he won it. There was a problem at Manchester United. how much United. of a dumpster fire you have going on. And he on. saved them. And he yeah. consistently got them into the Champions League, along with help from other players like uh, you know, Zlatan during, with, with Mourinho and uh, Lukaku for a short while. But uh, just David De Gea deserves his flowers as well. It didn't end great with Manchester United. He's still a free agent, but... Uh, well, and look who they have. Who the player they replace him with is, is struggling with a lot of the same issues, and he's a lot younger, a lot more of a ninja between the the posts, and he's still struggling. Yeah, he's got a he's, great he's got a great ceiling. He's got mm-hmm. good potential, but like what David De Gea, David De Gea proved was how much of a problem this Manchester United mm-hmm. team was. So my number four is a straight up troll pick. I just love the guy. He developed a uh, British accent as oh, an gosh. as an American. Uh, being in England and playing for, I think, like four or five teams. I went with Brad Friedel. I hate you so much. <laughs> I had a, like, you got Mudrick. I, this is my straight-up troll. I can't I really... He uh, is for, not a top... He may even barely be in a top 100 goalkeeper conversation. For half a second, I thought you were going to give it to the dog, Matt Turner, but I guess Brad <laughs> Friedel's a little bit more more respectable uh, uh, no I couldn't I couldn't put Turner above Ramsdale if I was going to do Turner and Ramsdale it would be Ramsdale 4 Turner 5 oh my um, but no like Brad Friedel was like a journeyman goalkeeper y- yeah give, give him the backstory for yeah. people who don't know Brad Friedel go ahead and, and he was the American goalkeeper from the 80s and 90s era he played on like I think I'd have to look up the stats but I think it was like three to five different teams in the Premier League 
jumped around, played for like Portsmouth and Southampton. And he was in England so long that he developed a really weird English hybrid American accent that he still has to this day when you see him on commentary talking about the U.S. men's national team games. I'm kind of a chameleon too like that. Like if, if I, when we're in the call. I pick up the slang, but I don't try to fake the accent. Like yeah. I'll say like when I say, you know, Melbourne, it's Melbourne. I put my Australian on it because that's the only way I can say it is yeah. with their accent. And certain words in the British slang, I do have to put a little bit of their accent on it, but I generally talk with my yeah. American Midwest accent I have. Matt Friedel, uh, I'm with you, man. Uh, because in the call center, when we get like one of those like those hicks that call in, be like, all righty. And I'll kind of like be like, all right. <laughs> I get him with the Matthew McConaughey. So. Oh, yeah. I do it too, man. Like I'll get somebody from the South and I'll throw a little bit of my Southernisms in there. But he went, took it to a whole other level for me. <laughs> I'm not mad at that pick as well, giving a shout out to the U.S. because like, he was a, he was the, one of the first yeah. U.S. players in England. That There's were a actually proud consistent. history of American keepers, and I basically had my own battle royale to wield it down to the American keeper I wanted to put in this list. Yeah. It because it came down to him and um, who's that? Shoot, I'm blanking on his name. The handsome guy, who Tim Howard. Oh, it came okay. down to him and Timmy Howard, and I just went with him because he's an out of the box pick. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Shout out Tim Howard too at Everton. Yeah. What a great stretch. Because I know he's not on either of our lists, but if you ranked the top 50 goalkeepers in the Premier League, he'd I think he there. would make it the he'd, list. He'd be in there. Um, so my number four pick was De Gea, and my number three pick, which is why I'm interested to see what the masses say of who they would debate this pick with. I went with Allison. Um, I think Allison, if he's not number one, he's number two goalkeepers in the world right now, uh, probably over the last span of the last four seasons. Oh, yeah. Um, a revitalization uh, since he's joined for Liverpool, and even this season he's came up huge for them in saving them three points. So as well. Allison's my number two pick. Nice. We're just gonna skip ahead. I'll come back to my number three, but we're just gonna talk about him because he's yeah. on this both these lists. Um, he's undeniable on in this thing because you, Liverpool lost a Champions League final because of the, their goalkeeper Carius, yep. and then they get this guy and they've won since they got him. They won a title. Champions and League title, Champions as well. League, and a Premier League title. Did they win a cup of any kind, like an FA Cup or something? Yeah, they, or beat, they beat us for the Carabao Cup. Carabao and the Cup. FA they, cup. They, yeah, they got a weird treble over multiple seasons. <laughs> Not mad at that, Matt. Who is your number three pick? My number three pick. I went with the Invincible Jans Lehmann. Okay. Um, I think that somebody from the Invincibles, beside Henri and Vieira, had to be included in the list just because. I'm an Arsenal fan, and I celebrate Invincibles Day. I was trying not to make it a big deal when Tottenham lost, but I was smiling on the inside. But, um, yeah, I, I just think he's a great player. Um, another journeyman goalkeeper who just got lucky and got a Premier League title. Was he at Man United as well? I'd have to look it up. I don't. If he was, I think it was before he came to Arsenal. Gotcha. For me, uh, my number two pick, and you'll kind of be talking about him as well, I'd assume, uh, if you go back to the Chelsea team of 2003-2004, that was the lowest goals conceded in the history of the Premier League. The Mourinho team? Yep. Uh, and part of it being John Terry, as we spoke about earlier, but also a huge part of it being Petr Cech. He's my number one. Yeah. And uh, I could have put him number one out of respect for United fans, and I'll go over that in a moment. But um, Cech is the, again, when I was doing my narrow downs for the Chelsea Goats, uh, it was between him, Lamps, and Terry. Um, yeah. Like I said, he was the guy I was alluding to when I said he gives you a, a basically you have to score two goals to overcome it because yeah. he is just that dang good at that time of being a goalkeeper. And he's still goalkeeping. He's playing hockey. Yeah. Personally, he would have been my number one. 
if, if, if it was bias included, because he also handed us the Europa League title in Baku in 2019 when he was the goalie for you guys. Yeah. I love that that year, man. What a year. Uh, uh, I watched yeah. that game in a bar with, I was the only Arsenal fan. It was a, it, at the Georgian Dragon. It was oh all Chelsea gosh. fans and Man United fans wanting Arsenal to lose. That's awesome. And Aaron was, th- I got beer thrown on me on that game when, they, when the, that goal went in. I was just like... I love music. I sat there at a principal. <laughs> I made it through the game, but people could just tell I was just about ready to like depressed. I was depressed, or I was about ready to just headbutt somebody. That's awesome, Matt. <laughs> I took a day off of work for that game. <laughs> who is your number two, Matt? Um, we already went over Becker. Oh, you sorry, covered sorry. both my one and two. Gotcha, gotcha. So, who's your number one? Did my number cover? one is uh, Schmeichel. The Leicester City Schmeichel. Come on, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> nah, it's got to be his dad. Um, Again, if you go back to those United years, big reason they've won most of their titles because of this uh, of Cashburn and that defense they had. Um, I, again, if it was biased, I'd probably throw check right above him. But like, you can't deny that Schmeichel was probably the best goalie in the world at the time that he was playing. Uh, pretty straightforward with that one. No, can disagree. Yeah, Matt, let's jump into our last segment. I'm gonna start. I yeah. want to do my number five manager because I have a you specific reasoning behind why. My three, four, and five can be in any order you want. And it's probably, I'll probably be the same with you because these are kind of like the guys who you pretty, like everyone knows who these Premier League goats are. So go ahead and give so us your number five. My, my one and two are in the same generation competing against each other. My three and four are in the same generation competing against each other. Um, my fifth pick is Jose Mourinho because he was the guy who bridged the gap between the two eras of the Premier League. And he was more like a warlord who would come in and just start fighting everybody. And then he would just disappear. Like he would just beat the crap out of everybody, win a silverware, and then did, did he'd be gone in three to four seasons. So your number five was Mourinho. Or Jose Mourinho. I will jump into my number three pick being Jose, Jose Mourinho. Mourinho. Uh, one of the only guys that was able to get under Wenger's skin, man. Wenger was one of those player managers who's very calm, collected. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tie flip? <laughs> It's just you really Was he the coach where they just destroyed him on his thousandth game? Exactly. Oh, that was I think they beat him six to one or six, something. It like. was five to one. Five or six to one. one. I it was whatever. It, yeah. Once you get above four to one, it's just <laughs> whatever. And and for me, um again, well like I said, for the goalkeepers, the two thousand three, two thousand four season was Chelsea's, you know, that pretty much solidified Mourinho's system. Mm-hmm. Um and he still plays that way to this day for Roma. Um, I, kind of like a timeless manager, like one of our picks we'll go over for in, in a little mm-hmm. bit, but just manages to to win trophies no matter where he goes. To me, he if you had to compare him to a historical figure, he was Napoleon. Yeah, I think that's a great example. Little little in, guy too. Came in, in, just smashed people. Came almost out of nowhere. Yeah. Had success on multiple fronts. I like. Was that. just a thorn in established people's sides. Just completely changed the way that the warfare or the the play on the pitch was done yep. he didn't give a crap about what you thought and he was going to tell you what he thought and he was like, he was the ultimate wrestling heel manager and he was the type of manager that would be like i'm not being backed properly he would say it's yeah. the glazers he was the first one out of the previous four managers after fergie who basically called out the glazers for not properly backing this team and the one other thing i respect about him was is he took tottenham to a final a carabao cup final and then got sacked and got sacked before the game even before happened. the game and he goes he basically, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he would just like, well, you have to give me credit as like a point, like an asterisk. He said, no, he says, I basically won a trophy for Spurs yeah, because I, I took them to the final, yeah. but they sacked me. Yeah. So th- that alone, 
I don't want to be disrespectful to Spurs, but hey, if you're getting no. your, if you're getting Spurs to their final of a league, but cup, he called out organizations, he called out Arsenal on certain points. Mm-hmm. He he was brutally honest, and I respect that, and that's why he made my list. I hated playing against him. Yeah, it, it that that thousandth game for Wenger where he just just kind of threw Wenger in the mud and just rubbed his face in it. it was just brutal to me. But you can't respect what he is and what he's done for this reason alone. He is a top five manager in Premier League history, arguably of all time, and that is because you probably won't ever see a Mourinho ever again with the way uh, media is mm-hmm. and how these players and coaches have to act. Yeah, like even Arteta kind of gave a little bit of you know steals a little bit from Mourinho's playbook. Yep, exactly. But it, it can't be to that no, effect, or else he'd be getting fined yeah. or suspended. Mm-hmm. Well, he just got written up exactly. or whatever. Uh, my number five. Uh, I want to give him his flowers because although he wasn't at Chelsea for a long time, I went with Ancelotti. But the main reason I actually went with Ancelotti is not because of Chelsea, but because of his stint at Everton uh, two or three seasons ago. Uh, He had him in the top six contention. He got him into the top six. I think they ended up finishing seventh. And when he ended up leaving to Madrid, I was like, man, this this Everton team actually was in the midst of building something seriously Mm -hmm. special. Um, obviously one of the best managers in the world. He's been around like Mourinho and, and Pep have since, since the, the dawn age. But Great pick. Yeah, just 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 an outstanding manager and deserves his flowers for what he did at Everton and obviously what he did at Chelsea. Matt, who was your number four? Like I said, my number three, four, and five are all interchangeable. My number four is Jurgen Klopp. Mm-hmm. He came in to Liverpool at halfway point of the season, I think, and he took him to a Europa League final that he lost. And every season he's been able to get the team he wants on the pitch, they are forced to reckon with. Yep. Even right now, they're like, if I don't think when we did our picks before the the season, I didn't really have them ranked that high because I didn't know what they were going to be. Yeah, and I I don't disagree. If if I didn't throw an Ancelotti, it's obviously Klopp in there for yeah. me because he he deserves to be in that conversation because he's um, in the modern phase of managers to me. Yeah. And my number three pick will tie into him. He is probably the most exciting style of football that you could produce on the field uh for what the type of system they play uh the offside trap playing front-footed uh sending their uh uh, trent into the midfield into the attack he is just such a creative manager and he's the only person that's even come close to talking about touching pause uh one of the guys (laughs) that that we're going to be uh uh, discussing in a little bit yeah to me if you like he's like an Iron Man building that suit in the cave in Iron Man 1. Like, he just takes the the scraps. Like, Mourinho, our number, my number five, hated mm-hmm. um, Mo Salah. Mm-hmm. He takes Mo Salah and just bends him into this new thing and makes him one of the best players in the game. One of the best players of all time, man. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm not mad at that. I think that's very fair. Uh, very, very uh, uh, problematic number four pick for me. Ooh. It's maybe a little bit too early for him. I went with Arsene Wenger. Uh Changed the game from the early 2000s uh, to what football is now. He introduced the idea of analytics and data to be followed uh, for youth players, which is how you guys sort of turned into this uh, uh, force in the early 2000s as well. He's on my list. I'm not going to cover him right now because he tied him. My number one, number two are linked. Yeah, I'm glad he's on your list. I agree. He should have been top three, but yeah. still. <laughs> I had, like I said, I had Mourinho three just because he was the gotcha. only one to get under no, Banger's skin. You and me are both 
Their bias is included. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and again, the only reason I had Mourinho over Wenger is because he was the only one that got ven- under Wenger's skin. If Wenger was not phased by Mourinho, he would definitely be. We well, got that. under Ferguson's skin too, Mourinho. This this guy yeah. is just uh, a he dog, just doesn't man. stop, man. He's anti- he's antithetical to my personality. I fit more into the Wenger mold, if we were to say it. Yeah. And I respect him, but he just does not stop. He yeah. just chirps. He's like dreaming green. So we'll keep we'll keep it short with Wenger. So I'll let okay. you get into your point a little bit later. Who is your number three? Pep Guardiola. Okay. Well, so I put Pep three. If we rank managers in the world, Pep would be probably number one. Um, but in terms of the Premier League, I think he take if you take away the Barcelona legacy and the Barnum Munich legacy and just focus on his Premier League mm-hmm. chops. I think he falls short of my one and two. He's better than Klopp in terms of trophy count. Equal to Mourinho, but he just came in and built that. that took that already great system and just turned it into turning out Terminators. He's Skynet. <laughs> so I also have Pep, but I'll hold off on Pep. Okay. Uh, who is your number two? I have number two. Is mine is Arsene Wenger. Um, he's not the best manager to ever coach in the Premier League, but he was the most. He's the longest, and he built a legacy at his club. Yeah, I mean, growing up when I was like ten years old, I thought Arsenal or Arsen, or Arsenal was named after Arsene Wenger, uh, not because of and not just because of the no, name I mean, relation, but because how what he built for that team. As you're well. not the only one I thought about. I thought it was his nickname because <laughs> I didn't understand how the French and German languages work because yeah. he's from Alsace Lorraine. Uh, where, my, where my mom's family comes from. And I, I I just think he completely evolved the game on a world level by bringing into that data and analytics, which uh, nowadays is pretty much the future of football. Um, and I think this is why I back Todd Bowley for the forever. Uh, <laughs> but he was sort of the introduction of, of data and analytics. Which and to is me, Arsene Wenger is just like the gentleman manager. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember I saw Joe Rogan one time give praise to President Obama. Uh and to me, I have to give praise to Wenger because he, if I was going to be a football manager, I'd want to be Wenger. I want to be the stoic philosopher coach who, you know, he kind of lost the, the, the plan in his later years trying to compete against these money giants that he had to compete against, um, that he just couldn't compete because of the sheer money in the game that Arsenal didn't have. And he was limited by the model that Arteta isn't. To me, he's just a class act. And, I want you to go with your number one pick because it's we both obviously know who it's going to yeah. be, so I can then debate. My we'll tie all two. these in. So yeah. my number one is, of course, Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, he counted. I think I have to get the statistics, but he counts for over over fifty percent of Man United's trophy count in their history in the twenty years he was the manager. Twenty years. You, one of the only managers in history to be freaking knighted as a sir. Mm-hmm. So I mean that goes. And he's Scottish. Yeah, and, and that alone goes to show the impact that this guy had in English football, football in general, and for Manchester United. He was teaching at Harvard after he retired, of course, is on leadership. It's crazy. I mean, uh, even if you look at the, like, I know we were focused on really, but look at Dundee when he was there. Dundee Football Club. Was it Dundee or was it? No, Aberdeen. I'm sorry, Aberdeen. Was a force in the European game. And then he left and they've done they've done nothing. They've ghosted since, we thought, since, yeah. since he left. Um that's how much of an impact this man has. So my number two is Fergie, and my number one is Pep. And okay. the reason I went with Pep, number one, is because mine is more so on projection that Pep will be at least be in the Premier League managing for at least another season or two. 
And I can't see City not winning at least one or two more Premier Leagues to make him the most winningest Premier League manager of all time. Gotcha. Only reason I have Pep edging Fergie is that projection alone. I think Um, that pick makes Baco sad. Yeah, and and (laughs) we'll we'll jump into our break after this before we do our stoppage time segment. Um, But it really, one and two, they're pretty much the same to me. Uh, Ferguson just had a little bit more of an impact on the game itself. But Pep has been a... uh, perennial force uh for the premier league and he basically has huh. been unbeatable and i since totally i totally here. get you that's why i've had my list in the way i did mm-hmm. i had the two guys who compete against each other to make the league great that's mm-hmm. wenger and ferguson mm-hmm. and then i have the two current guys who are making the league great and klopp and pep oh, yeah. and then i have the chaos agent who kind of bridged the gap he fought against the two guys at the beginning and he fought against the two guys at the end yeah. and he kind of was in that middle period there just just kind of making the game interesting during those two clashes between two titans. And the only thing that people really hate Pep for is because he's only been on the best teams of his career. But it's like, there's a reason why you're have, on the, the best team. If he, ha- he has the talent. It's undeniable. I And it, he's what I think is most underrated about him. But he coached him. Barcelona B, and yeah. then they promoted to Barcelona A. Yeah. So... You can't say he had the but, best. The but best then he went to per, uh, Bayern and then now yeah. to City. The only no. reason I would choose. Uh, but if Barcelona saw the mat, the the talent in him as their B level coach, you can't say he came from exactly. out of nowhere because he had to go coach coach B level, you know, second division La Liga football. Ferguson and Wenger evolved football. Everyone says Pep killed it. So, that, I mean, that pretty much... He's basically the Darth Vader of football, if you think about it. Uh, just the guy yeah. who really just um, took over the league and every single team is behind. Yeah, if you had to compare all these guys... All these guys have analogs in fiction or history. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Like, you know, you call, you know, Pep the Darth Vader. I'd, put, I'd say Wenger's the Obi-Wan. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't disagree. And with unfortunately, you. if you're in Star Wars, you'd have to make uh, Sir Alex Gumper Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, we hope you enjoyed the top five segment of each. Uh, uh, again, it was very fun. Not not nothing to take serious because. Yeah. Uh, although McBudrick will be the greatest player of all time, he is not a top five player of, of, in his position of all time. Uh, we're going to jump into a break. Uh, we'll be right back with you for our stoppage time segment. See you guys soon. All right, guys, we are back with stoppage time. I know Reese is trying to get under my skin with his next question. I don't know how it's going to be. <laughs> so this this question actually isn't meant to get under your skin. It's the debate we're going to be having afterwards. So, okay. uh, guys, my stoppage time question if you had a death beam, you know, aliens are invading the planet, you know, world is at its knees, and we're on the prince of being just completely eradicated from all facets of life. Matt, you get to choose one player from today's game to score a penalty against a seven foot five Wembinyama looking alien. Who are you going with? Oh, um, Best Erling Holland. Arling Holland? Okay. The reason I ask uh, is because uh, I was watching some Harry Kane highlights, and I feel like, dude... You know, Harry Kane's really clutch. You know, he'd probably be... I would have to debate between those two. Because Holland... Yeah, definitely a debate between the two, but I feel like Kane has just been doing it for a little bit so much longer, Mm -hmm. and I feel like he probably has the hardest penalty shot or a pk that you can have in world football like it's literally going at least 90 an hour bottom corner you, you know you're making the case for kane and uh 
I just, I was just thinking players right now because he left, but at all time, you know what I mean? See, I was hoping you would set up for me. To, I thought you'd say, like, hopefully Jorginho. Because <laughs> mm. Jorginho's got probably the coldest PK run-up yeah. of all time. Um, where he, And then he hits you with the little ice tray, you know? Um, and I'm just like, man, if, if I'm coming up against a Webinyama-sized player, that means if he's diving one way and Jorginho's doing his thing, he probably could still reach it from the other yeah. goal. So it's got to be someone with pace and power to... To save you, us. You, you're just selling me on Kane. All right, cool. Uh, guys. Because he's a PK <laughs> merchant, man. Oh, come on. He's uh, he's, he's insane open. No, he is. Not, no, I'm agreeing with you. I, okay. You've sold me. I'm changing my answer to Harry Kane. <laughs> but um, the PK merchant made it sound like he only is good at no, PK. No, like, like he would always get penalties against Arsenal, and I knew he was going to go in. Yeah. Because there's nobody could stop him. It's insane. Uh, buried in a corner. It yeah. seems like the only person that can like stop that PK is himself, in a sense. Uh, guys, let's get into the real stoppage time. Oh, you, you threw me there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to start it off fun, but uh, let's get into the nitty-gritty of this debate. Um, uh, so Matt, the other or last night or the night before, Matt sent me a text of... Uh, a Chelsea fan. Yeah, from a, a podcast where pretty much for Pepe at his 120 games, he had X amount of goals and assists. And then combined for Sancho uh, and Anthony for those 120 games, X amount of goals and assists. Basically, the debate comes down to Anthony himself uh, because he's the one that's going to be staying at United uh, much longer than Sancho is because it looks like he's pretty much out the door. And they're going to probably get $60 million plus for him. <laughs> yeah. I am not. I, I am high on Anthony, but I'm not high on him being a Premier League great. Matt, is not the highest on him. I want you to start off and tell me why you don't believe in this kid. I don't believe in him because I don't believe he has the mentality to be a top player. He seems like his personal life is getting into the into things he has. To me, it's ultimately maybe a lack of control. Yeah. Um, he is a showboater. He does things that like even the guy who loves him kind of puts his hands up in the air like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. He came in like a thunderbolt and he, since he's kind of just been a not that great and i also just so back to your number five pick for wingers the club uh dynamo zagreb was using the anthony transfer to get the money for mudrick saying that if anthony goes for 80 million this kid's better than anthony oh you mean shaktar shock sorry shaktar denex my apologies no you're good i got you so, so that's what I'm saying. I don't want to mix up my Balkan clubs. I don't want to mix up my Balkan people. I don't want to. Make Guys, any we trouble. don't mean disrespect. We're just yeah. some Phoenix Arizonans. That's yeah. all. <laughs> ahead, we, we have respect for you, and we understand that you are culturally different from your neighbors. <laughs> that's the worst. That was probably the worst time to mix up two clubs. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, but we're shocked. Arden <laughs> But um, I'm saying is, is like you, you, you make the point. The market's going to inflate. But when you pay eighty million for a guy who's just not that good, in my opinion, it makes it so like a guy who's who's better than him has to go for more money. And I think that Mudrik is better than him. Hmm. And unfortunately, if you get eighty for this guy, then Mudrik is worth ninety to hundred or whatever you paid for. I got you. I am higher on Anthony because, um, in my opinion. If you need a winger who is to offer you support when you have two players like Rashford and Hoijland who are very uh, goal, uh, I guess their mindset is to score goals rather than be that support option. Kind of like how uh, William was for Chelsea. You had Eden Hazard and Diego Costa. 
both very primary ball handlers needed to have the ball in the final third in order for them to be clinical and finish. Antony and Willian, in my opinion, are very similar because although Antony is very good with his skills, it doesn't always come off great. Sometimes you see the little uh, discs uh, spin from him that he does that gets a lot of people riled up. But he is, in my opinion, a very good support winger where he provides uh, width and attack. But he also is very uh, great at finding that final third ball. uh, And that final ball, I should say, kind of like how Bruno does. Um, I just feel like at 24 years old, I really can't say he he won't be a good player because of the fee that he went to, or the fee that he went for, and the team that he went to. In my opinion, it's kind of inevitable that he becomes uh, uh, a solid Premier League winger for the foreseeable future. Um, and I think if you look at the last season, for most wingers across the league, they really haven't been that good. Um, don't mind the background, guys. Matt and, Matt and Paco are just kind of uh, fighting each other right now. Um, I feel like the, really this debate is just going to come down to projection rather than actual statistical facts. Because the facts will back up uh, Matt's point of him not being a good player. Well, it's me. It's more his attitude. And sorry, guys, my dog wanted to play. Um, like in a Manchester derby, he lost his head. He's under investigation for. I'm not going to get into the charges, but let's yep. just say police are looking at him for something. Yep. And he decides to do get Ladoku get under his skin and physically assault the man on the pitch. To me, it's his mentality that I don't like. It's also neck tattoos of me. If you don't get a good neck tattoo, I'm not going to like you. You got to get it. If you're going to go through the choice of getting a good neck tattoo, get something that doesn't make you look like a cyberpunk thug or something. The only thing that makes me not like Anthony, honestly, is he looks too much like Richarlison. They got like that similar facial structure. Yeah. Um, but but, uh, but yeah, that the thing is, it's like he's been off for a while because of his problems and his phys- physical injuries. And then he comes back and... Immediately, Doku just makes him look lesser than he is. And then he should have, if he didn't get a red, he should have gotten a red for putting his hand on his neck. I just, I want to see Ten Hag's finished product if they if he makes yeah. it that far before I can determine if, if Anthony's going to be that guy no, or and, not. Because, man, if, if you think about it, uh, that first two months, Anthony was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, what a perennial goal uh, versus Arsenal, especially in his first... I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you to have that. to. you, you got to rub it in, man. I understand. <laughs> uh, cost you guys the leap. No, I'm joking. Uh, I just... We, we, this is a smaller... Saliba de- going in the injured list cost us a league. <laughs> this is a smaller debate for a much bigger conversation we're going to be having probably in the near future with this United team when they're fully healthy. Yeah. Um, and when if Ten Hag's job doesn't end up working out, I think you can look back and think that Anthony might have been one of the problems for that as well. And one of the other things that the... So the discussion we started with a Pepe... And Pepe was brought in, and he never meshed with Emery, but he just clashed with Arteta because he wasn't that kind of player. Mm-hmm. And I also concede the fact that he is Ten Hogg's guy. He's Ten Hogg's Mesodos Ultra Wenger. He's the player he loves. You can see it when he lets him get away with stuff and yeah. and everything. And a Manchester United podcast I've listened to have kind of said the same thing. But he is the most in danger of being a Pepe because if, let's say, they fire Ten Hogg next season – and he doesn't mesh well with what... Because he's a very specific player that works in a very specific say, system. His profile is very specific to a Ten Hag type of system. Yeah, and if it doesn't work, if he has to get leaves, let's say you know something happens, then 
he's going to be the Pepe. He's going to go away to France or, you know, to, you know the Netherlands a, a team or, that's not, yeah. or Brazil. And I, I agree with you because, you know, you mentioned Mudrik earlier. I feel like a player like Mudrik, who has such a high ceiling but is very raw, you ha- if you were to change managers, he's somebody you can build with because he's mm-hmm. such a raw player, one of the fastest in the Premier League, you know. And well, and it also brings you into the, the other discussion with Anthony is it's like managers too. It's like... I remember when Arsenal was in its bad spot under Emery. Emery is a good manager, and I'm glad he's doing well at Aston Villa. One of the best I, in the Premier League this I season. I respected Emery when he was with us, but he wasn't the man to fix the problems or ride out the the turmoil. Mm-hmm. Emery couldn't do what Arteta did at Arsenal, and Arsenal or Arteta probably cannot do with Villa what Emery's Emery doing. did with, yeah. with Villa. That's a great point. And you need players that fit your systems, and there are some players that can work in anyone's systems, like Roy Keane, mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier. You know, David, David Silva, you know, um, Kevin De Bruyne. And there are players that are specific to a coach and his style. Yeah. Who is that guy who came from Chelsea to uh, Manchester United for Mourinho? Matic. Matic. Matic is a good player, but he is amazing under a Mourinho system. Mm-hmm. You, you know what you're going to get from him, mm-hmm. but if you put him in a Mourinho system, system in a low block. He's an 8-9 to nine in any system, yeah. he's a nine to ten in a Mourinho system. That's fair. And Anthony to me is a six or a seven who if a ten hog turned him into an eight or a nine at Ajax. Mm. Uh, just because where Ajax is, I cannot I yeah. can't say he's gonna be a ten, but I I, I I see why Ten Hog likes him, but at the same time You see more holes in his game than actual Yeah, he in his 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 demeanor, like and I don't mean to be a, but you never see like I'm trying to pick up another Brazilian. I don't think you'd see a Gabriel Jesus or, or a Martinelli or a um, trying to think of a Brazilian other than Richarlison. William, yeah, William. <laughs> I don't think you see those guys doing that to Doku. You know what I mean? There's just the discipline that comes with it. Yeah, and, and he just maybe that's it. More his mentality. He lacks discipline. Yeah, and I think as a, he's a disciplined person, I do start to see things in people that I don't like that are antithetical my personality like I can respect Mourinho but Mourinho and me would not get along I wouldn't want to if I saw Mourinho dancing at that club I'd say hey man you're a great manager and I'd walk away because I don't want him to make fun of me (laughs) he's like I'd rather not speak about what I've seen from you Matt (laughs) if I speak I I get in trouble (laughs) I I, I can see that point man Um, but no like and I get it like to you Anthony has tools in his toolbox but to me, he doesn't have the mentality to be the player that... And he's in a chaotic system that's not working right now. And that's probably bringing out the worst in him. If and he can, had gone to an Arsenal, he may be a better player. Or gone to a City, he may have been a better player. I can see that because, you know, with Ten Hag having if to If they could with, have adapted to his skill set. Yeah. If Ten Hag had, didn't, haven't had, didn't have 700 other things to worry about with this team right now... Uh, Anthony would probably be the top priority for him to get some discipline or at least start uh, putting him on the right track because, he, again, he's a young player. He has room to grow, but if you keep heading down this path of trying to think you're the tough guy or you're doing off-field antics which are getting you into these positions, mm-hmm. you're never going to live up to that player that you were bought for. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and I want him to – like. I don't ever want anyone to not succeed. I do because I'm not a Manchester United fan, but I see what your well, point but is. You know what I mean. Like you can on a personal res- aspect. You can appre- we, we've made lists of appreciating players we didn't like yeah. doing great things. Yeah, that's like, fair. A lot of my number one and number two picks were their best at Chelsea, and I don't like Chelsea as a team. <laughs> but I can respect what was done mm-hmm. at that club and the players they had and the caliber they had. But I just see more of a minus with Anthony than I do with 
other players. Um, like Varane from Man United, another guy brought in. Um, I, I just look at him and I'm just like, he seems like it's more minuses than pluses unless they can figure out what is not working in the system and get it fixed. Yeah. And I don't know at Manchester United what isn't working because I'm, I'm not a coach. I got lucky when I coached that I had the biggest, best kid on Hawaiian soccer league mm-hmm. to basically just tell the two kids on the wings and the kid in the middle, everyone get the ball. These guys, you run to the box, they're going to pitch it to you, just get it in the net. Mm-hmm. I had that. I cannot tactically outwit anyone or anything like that That's on the field, but I just don't I, I don't know enough to understand what's broken at Manchester United and what needs to be fixed. But they're sixth in the league, so they're doing something right. They just seem to be losing everywhere else. The performances aren't great, but they're scraping results with with the the teams that they're playing against for one and and, and how they're performing. But and I understand they're going through injuries right now um, because they their their defense is hold and just has big chunks of it missing and they were they did come in third last year yeah. well and like we said like and they won a trophy so there, yeah. there's something there i think when they get everyone together they can play good ball like we said um this uh with where, where football is heading like when eden hazard retired he was sort of like the last jazz uh type of player right mm-hmm. um Anthony is very like gonna have to be system oriented for him to become the player that we're expecting him to be for the fee that he was bought for. Um, and when you're in a system and with data and analytics being the the mindset going forward for football, it's going to be hard for him to fit in very many teams in general. It has to be with Ten Hag. If it doesn't work out with Ten Hag, he has to improve mm-hmm. other. Areas. And you're also going to run into the problem too if you do try to unload him that. Edu from Arsenal has spoken about that. You get these players in the Premier League in the hubs of, he said, Liverpool, Manchester, and London. Yeah. They get on a big wage, and the only people you can move them to are teams that can pay that much. It's just there's two teams on the continent that can pay you, them that much. And you're that's gonna it. have to you're gonna have to take a loss on him yeah. if he doesn't work out. And that that's one of the things that also is just like I've said this. I want Manchester United to be a good team. And the Schadenfreude over them to me is done. They need to fix their issues. Excuse me. They need to fix their issues. I think it's a again, guys. This is probably something we will revisit in the future. Well, we're going to revisit it all season. United is a team that they're the biggest team in the world. One of the biggest teams in the world. Uh, so they're one of those teams we kind of just have to talk about. Kind of like how media has to talk about the New York Knicks. You know, mm-hmm. like, like they're historically bad, but they are in the biggest market, yeah. and that's sort of the boat that Manchester United's in. Uh, I want to have a specific Anthony debate maybe sometime after the season again, just to sort of revisit to see if he has played by then a little bit more game time. Well, but... the problem with Anthony is may not even be the things on the pitch that separate him exactly. because he is having issues and it affected an Arsenal player where, and it affects a lot of players where mm-hmm. they have things going on in the background and they just can't seem to, and it affects you on the thing. Like I've had personal problems and it's affected my job i try not to let it show but if you look at my analytics at my job my old boss could tell shout out to our old boss could tell when i was having trouble and he would tell he'd be like hey are you okay because you're not you dropped from a a b to a bc yeah like what's going on with you man are you okay (laughs) when you gotta get over this and i think anthony's having too much going on and he's trying to be that faux tough guy and he just needs to go out there and play his game 
Hopefully we can see the best Anthony soon. Uh, hopefully the off-field issues uh, can be rectified soon so we can see him back on the field and, and, and get back into a normal state because having personal issues along with on-field issues never mm-hmm. works out. Um, Matt, it was a great episode today. We have Premier League football back next weekend. Uh, games like Chelsea, Newcastle, City, Liverpool, Liverpool. City. I mean, great games next weekend, guys. We look forward Stealth, to it. Stealth, good game. Arsenal, Brentford. Exactly. I think it probably it has to be in the top five of the uh, weekend. For sure. Um, and, and guys... Because uh, Brentford's a stealth good team. <laughs> yeah. We're looking forward to next weekend. Uh, we hope you are too. Uh, Matt, close us out, my friend. All right. Live long and watch some football, guys. Later.